Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. Well, uh, we started a journey on uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, and of course, we skipped a week with Pastor Huffman ministering last Wednesday. But the Wednesday before, um, we started talking about the Holy Spirit in the light of the fact that Jesus did not just come, amen, to pour out his blood on the mercy seat so that we can have access to the Father, and that was it. No, Jesus came. The reason he came, it was twofold. He needed to redeem man from the fall. He needed to redeem man's sin nature. Why? So that the presence of God could be put back in man. Because when Adam fell, remember, and he chose to rebel against God, then the Holy Spirit departed. He could not be in the presence of God any longer. And we know that all have fallen short of the glory of God. So it wasn't just about redeeming us from our sin. It was about getting the Holy Spirit or God's presence to be able to come and dwell on the inside of man again. And so uh, through the years and so many times, we forget about that part of who God is. He is a triune God. He is the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so many times we've seen that many times people are just talking about what Jesus did uh, and who the Father is, but we've left out the role of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit uh, that is in the earth today actually doing the work. Because the Father is sitting in heaven. Jesus has already died on the cross, rose from the grave, poured out his blood on the mercy seat, and is where? Sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession on the behalf of the saints. Isn't that interesting? He is not making intercession on all the people that are lost and the lost and dying world. Who is he making intercession for? Who is he praying for? He is praying for the saints. Why is he praying for the saints? Because if the saints could realize who they really are, if they could realize now that they really are in the image of God and that the power of the Holy Ghost is living on the inside of them, that there is nothing that the devil could ever do to them. Amen. And he's praying for the saints because the saints still don't get it. Hallelujah. So they need some intercession going on. Amen. But we know that he's sitting there interceding for the saints. And it's the Holy Spirit that he left in the earth. He said, it's to your advantage, what? That I go 
so that he, the Holy Spirit, could come. And that is what he, Jesus, said. It's to your advantage that I go to be with the Father. Why? So that the Holy Spirit could come dwell back in every single individual that would call on the name of the Lord. And so that the Holy Spirit then could begin to teach people who they really are in Christ. Amen. And so we looked at the Holy Spirit uh, as also the governor uh, of the kingdom of God. We talked about so many times in religion and in churches, uh, you know, people have talked about God as father. They have taught on, you know, Jesus is the son uh, and God is a loving father and a loving God, but they've left out a lot about the fact that he is a king. And he will return as a what? reigning king, no longer a suffering servant. Because when he returns, he's coming in his king status. That is who he is. Amen. And so he is the king of the kingdom of God. And we are kings of, he is the king of what? Kings. When you get born again, you are, uh, what is that? Dubbed royalty. Royalty, each and every one of us, amen, are kings in his kingdom. And so it's very important that we recognize uh, who he is, not just loving Father God, not just Jesus as the son, but that he is a king of his kingdom. And there is a kingdom. There are laws. There are rules. There are policies. There are procedures, amen, on how he operates and what he expects, right? So the word of God is his constitution, This is his will. This is his intent for every child that would be a part of his kingdom. Amen. And so the governor, uh, we saw uh, in, you know, a natural kingdom, a governor would be sent to a territory to colonize that territory. And the governor's job was to administrate the will, the purpose, the policies, the culture, the lifestyle to the citizens in that colony. So it was his job to prepare the citizens for that colony. Amen. And so it's the same as the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's job now is to prepare us to be the citizens in his kingdom. Amen. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit is the one, once it's deposited in our hearts now, the Holy Spirit can begin to teach us. Amen. To teach us. And so a lot of people still have not been being taught, being being taught by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because they've not learned how to Uh, yield to the Holy Spirit or listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so a lot of times what happens is people, you know, they get born again. And then if they're not taught about 
who the Holy Spirit is as the person, not a dove, then they don't recognize his role in their life. Amen? And so it's very important that we recognize the Holy Spirit's role in our life and that we talk about and understand the third person of the Godhead because he is the one at work right now in the earth. Amen. He is the one right now at work in the earth. And he wants to work through you, amen, as a child of God. Hallelujah. We talked about the fact that God is spirit and those who worship him will worship him what? Spirit and truth. But we also connect with him spirit to spirit. We are spirit. He is spirit. And this is how we connect with the father. It's through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so uh, when you get born again, then the Holy Spirit is deposited on your on the inside of you, and it says it's a seal of your inheritance. We read that several weeks. I don't have time to go back and talk about everything uh, that we covered, so you'll have to go back online and pick up if you missed it. Last week, we showed that Jesus himself, Jesus himself, was very focused on his purpose. And one of his purposes that we saw through scripture was that he wanted the Holy Spirit to be back in man. He wanted the Holy Spirit to be back in man. Amen. And so we're going to read several scriptures. But last week we talked about the fact that Jesus himself was born of the Spirit. Remember, Mary was conceived by what? The Holy Spirit. So Jesus himself was born of the spirit of God. Amen. And then we read uh, also that John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, uh, of of his coming. And in Matthew 3.11, we read that John the Baptist, it says, as for me, I will baptize you with water for repentance. What is that? Water for repentance is to be born again. But he who is coming, what? After me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals, for he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. So Jesus was going to be the one that would come to baptize us with the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. So it's very important that we recognize that. And then we covered, before we closed, uh, last Wednesday, we talked about the fact that Jesus told his disciples in Luke that he was getting ready to go, but that his disciples should wait. That they should wait. Let's read that scripture, and then we're going to move from there. Luke 24, 49. It says this, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power. From what? On high. He he called it a promise. The Holy Spirit. He called the Holy Spirit a promise. Why would you not want that promise? As a believer. You know, the Bible says that all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen. 
This is one of his promises that he promised. Why would I withhold from being a partaker of that promise of the Holy Spirit? Amen. It's a promise. He promised it. And so if he promised it, if he promised anything in his word, I want it. I want everything that he promised. Amen. Hallelujah. And there are a lot of promises that he made to us as his children. And I encourage you to pick up the word of God and begin to search those promises out. Amen. Because we can talk about it all day long and we can get up here and preach about it all day long and you can sit in these pews. These, not pews, these aren't pews. These uh, theater seats all day long. But until you pick it up for yourself and discover who you are for yourself through the scripture, it will not be revelation to you. And it will do you no good. It will actually do you harm and you'll become religious and a Pharisee. Amen. And then you'll be sad, you see. I'll take that from <laughs> Apostle Scales. Apostle Scales get up here and he talked about them Sadducees. And they were very sad, you see. So. <laughs> Oh, I sure wish Apostle Scales was coming this Kingdom Rise conference, but he's not. So he couldn't make it. But anyway, we're going to have a good time anyway. All right. So in Acts 1 and verse 4, he says, gathering them together. Who was he gathering them together? Uh, He commanded them, the disciples, uh, to not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. The father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. Then in Acts 2, 33, it says, therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the father, that this is the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. That's very important that you recognize that the promise of the Holy Spirit is something you can see and hear see and hear because the sign of the promise that's been imparted in your life will be the evidence of your uh, kingdom language which will come forth in an unknown tongue and you'll be able to hear it you'll be able to hear it amen many people tell me well I have the Holy Spirit I say oh really well where do you pray in tongues? Well, I mean, I have the Holy Spirit. I know I have the Holy Spirit. Well, good. Well, do you pray in tongues? Well, I mean, I've prayed to myself. Uh, you know, I said, well, no, I want to hear it. Because he said you can see and hear. I want to hear it coming out of your mouth. Amen. Because that will be actually, he said, the evidence. Do you know the Holy Spirit wants to see evidence in your life? He wants to see evidence in your life. Not just evidence that the Holy Spirit and power has come upon you and you begin to speak in your new heavenly language. He wants to see evidence that you'll be a witness for him. See, this whole walk with the Lord, with the God of creation, amen, 
the king of kings. This whole walk is about us being a demonstrator of the kingdom and influencing every part of territory that we come across. Amen. And, and, and you'll be able to have a demonstration of the power of God and the life of God on the inside of you and people ought to be able to see it. That your life is completely different than ever before. Amen. Because you're living it out. He tells us that we are in Ephesians to be living epistles for all the world to read. If there was not one more Bible on the face of the planet and you were a child of God and you studied the word of God and you became all that God needed you to be, they ought to be able to read your life and be drawn to Christ. Amen. Amen. Because he was always about evidence. He wanted, to, wanted you to be a witness. A demonstrator of this life that you call as a Christian. Amen. And so it's very important that we recognize, listen, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to empower you to be able to demonstrate. To be able to walk the walk, right? To walk by the Spirit and to walk it out every day. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Amen. And then the power, we're going to see probably next Wednesday, and the power that wants to come upon you. Amen. If you're born again, he's within you. I like how one person uh, explained the Holy Spirit. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit gets deposited in you, or he gets deposited in a well. You're a well. Remember the scripture? There be uh, uh, rivers of living water flowing out of you. Spring up, oh well. There's a song getting there. Spring up, oh well, inside of me. Yeah. Okay. So he he explained it like that. So you uh, are a well or a vessel. When you get the Holy Spirit, you're the well. But when the Holy Spirit and power, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and power, then that's what's going to activate that river on the inside of that well. It's going to activate it, energize it. Amen. And then what's going to happen? It will begin to bubble up. Rivers of living water will begin to bubble up and flow out of you. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a, you know, those plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. What are those? Uh, Alka-Seltzers, right. So just think about that, okay? Think about it, Alka-Seltzer. I ought to be a children's uh, pastor right now and have me a little demonstration up here. But some of you might need this demonstration. So you get your cup of water. And what do you do? You put the plop, plop, fizz, fizz in. And what does it do? It begins to what? Bubble up. Something on the inside begins to activate it, right? And it begins to bubble up. Well, that is what and how the Holy Spirit works. Amen. You're the cup. 
You've had, you got water, living water on the inside of you, but when the power of the Holy Ghost gets plopped in you, come on, it begins to bubble up and activate, and then it begins to fizz, fizz, and oh, what a relief it is. Oh, what a relief it is. I'm telling you what, there's been a many a times that the Holy Ghost brought relief to me. Hallelujah. When nothing else, come on, nothing else in this world could satisfy, nothing else could help me and my problem and my situation. My husband couldn't help me. My mama couldn't help me. But only my God and the Holy Ghost began to go plop, plop, fizz, fizz, and a relief. Hallelujah. Came to my life. Came to my life. And I was relieved of that burden. And I was relieved, come on, of that situation. Hallelujah. Y'all think it's funny. I'm going to tell you right now, you follow me and you'll, you'll live the life. It ain't funny. It's real. It's real stuff. Real stuff. And so... Where we want to go from here? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is good. So I want to talk about just some things about the Holy Spirit that has been taboo, all right? If you've come from different denominations, you come from different churches, you know the Lord never wanted a denomination. He never wanted this sect and that sect and, and that group and this group. He never wanted that. He said that we would be all one in the spirit, the same spirit. Amen. He never wanted denominations. No men got involved and decided they would pick and choose what they wanted from God. Amen. They didn't want the full counsel of God. So denominations were created because this person decided they didn't want to take this from the word and this person decided they didn't like that, what God said in his word. And then we got a big mess. Amen. Hallelujah. Anyway, so you come from different backgrounds, different philosophies, different things, and, and there's all kinds of things that are said about the Holy Spirit, that he's a dove, right? Have you ever heard that? The Holy Spirit's a dove. No, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He's a person. He's a person. He's not a bird. He's not a dove. All right. And you're never going to find feathers in a church service. doctrines of demons and manipulation and false prophets. You won't ever find a feather in a church service because he isn't a dove. Okay? It's a person. So 
We've heard things like this. Well, is the Holy Spirit for today? Because it was just for the apostles and the original 12 and they died out and all these things. You hear things like this. Uh, Do you have to speak in tongues to be saved? Uh, You know, speaking in tongues is just fanatical and hype. And, you know, just gibberish. Have you ever heard that? It's just gibberish. It's fanatical. It's just people hyping your emotions up. And, and, and then uh, have you ever heard this, that uh, with the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, he's going to come and just grab you and take control and you won't have any control. God is not a God that controls you because if he would and could, he would have done it with Adam, right? And would have never allowed him to eat that fruit. Okay. So, um, so, and then, you know, uh, obviously, um, is the Holy Spirit, um, you know, just for all the miracles, You know, a lot of people and a lot of denominations only focus on uh, the power side of the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Uh, You know, the the demonstrations of the power of God and miracles and the fire and, you know, all these things. And then they get so focused on that that they don't focus on teaching you that he's the teacher. Right? And what his real assignment is, is to teach, right? To teach us, to teach us. And do we need to be taught? Oh yeah, we got some messed up thinking. All right, so we're gonna talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit is not any of that, that he is the third person of the Godhead. And if we needed God the Father and we needed Jesus Christ as the Son, then we need who? the Holy Spirit. And we need him more than just being what? Born again. We need everything that the Holy Spirit brings with him. Everything that the Holy Holy Spirit brings with him. And let me tell you a few things that the Holy Spirit will bring with him. All right? Just a few things that the Holy Spirit will bring with him. The Holy Spirit is to uh, guide us into all truth and to teach us. What is he going to teach us? One thing that he's going to teach us is who the Father is, who Jesus really is, and actually what his word is really talking to us about, all right? But not only that, he's going to teach us about the nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's the Holy Holy Spirit's job to teach us of the fruits of the Spirit and the characteristics of who God is, right? What is uh, the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and what? Goodness. Gentleness and self-control. How do I know that there's many people that never have learned who the Holy Spirit is? Because I see people as believers out of control. I see people as believers not walking in love. I see believers, come on, 
not being patient. Just as Pastor Craig mentioned the other night, everybody thinks that God is a, 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 a fast food God. This generation wants everything right now in a split second because they can access everything on their phone. Just like that. And so they think God should be like that. Actually, they think God should be uh, the genie in a bottle, rubbing the right way. Right? So his job... His purpose, who the Holy Spirit is, first and foremost, is to draw you, the Bible says. We read this scripture, I believe it was John 4, I don't want to go back, but it's the Holy Spirit. No man goes after the Father, no, not one, lest the Holy Spirit draws him. So the first thing the Holy Spirit is going to do is to draw you unto himself. That's why when you're sitting in a service and the word comes forth, uh, the Holy Spirit then can begin to, because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word, then the Holy Spirit can begin to speak to a person's heart and begin to, have you heard the term, woo them in, begin to speak to them begin to open their eyes so that they can see they need the Lord, they need a Savior, that they, they're a mess and they need rescuing. Come on, they need God. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? First and foremost is to draw you to himself. Then once you call on the name of the Lord, then the Holy Spirit, what? gets deposited on the inside of you. And the Bible says that you are now a new creature in Christ and the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you are now what? A child of God. So the Holy Spirit is our witness on the inside that I belong to God or what you could say, the seal of promise. He has sealed you with his spirit, come on, that you belong to him. You belong to him. Amen. So he begins then to take you through a journey to begin to reveal to you through the word all of the things about who he is, the nine characteristics about him. Because remember, they're not separate. They are one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all the same. And then the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal the Father to you, his nature, his ways, how he operates and functions in his kingdom. Amen. And so it's very important that we recognize that, that uh, when we begin to open up the word of God and begin to read it as a believer, if you call yourself a Christian, then you should be a person that's going to read the book that he (laughs) has written for us to live by, right? And so uh, any believer that doesn't read the word of God is not going to discover who they are, period. I don't care if you sit in church for 50,000 years. 
If you don't pick up the word of God and begin to allow and say, Lord, I need you to show me in your word, reveal to me in your word who I am, how I'm to operate as a child, you'll never, ever become who God has designed you to become. Amen. Because he tells us that it is to be our daily bread. to be our daily bread and we're to pick up this bread and eat it every day so that we can begin to be nourished and we can begin to grow and become who it is that he has designed us to do and it's the Holy Spirit's job now to teach you uh, all of these things but not only that it's the Holy Spirit's job once activated and once you allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in your life to help grow all of these fruits in your life. Because love, Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. But do you know that love of God that's been put in your heart that he called a fruit will not do anything in your life unless you yield to the Holy Spirit and allow it to work. It will lay they're dormant. It is the yielding of the Holy Spirit when the you read the word, like me when I was 21 years old and uh, made a decision. Not 21. I was younger than 21. It was maybe 18 or 19. Uh, and made a decision. Uh, one day I was reading the word of God. And the first thing the Lord spoke to me out of his word, I didn't know the Holy Spirit. I didn't know the, I really didn't know the Lord. I had not really grown up in church, knew nothing about it. But I picked up the word and the first thing he told, taught to me, I just had this sense in my heart when I read that I should forgive uh, those, you know, that have hurt me. And uh, he said, you have hatred in your heart towards your dad because he left you when you were three years old. And you need to go to him and, and ask him to forgive you. Very first thing that the Lord spoke to me about, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. And I had a choice then. I had a choice at that moment to activate forgiveness in my life. And to activate the power of God in my life by the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know what I was doing. Had never raised in church. I didn't know anything. So how much more? I always want y'all to get this. Are we going to be without excuse? Because as a child of God, especially sitting in this church, being taught how to yield to the Holy Spirit, and how the Holy Spirit works in your life and being taught all the things that the Word of God is speaking to you about when you quench those things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about. I knew nothing, but I yielded. I yielded. And it, guess what? When I went to him, and I mean, I, you know, I have to say this because, you know, uh, I thought to myself, why should I have to forgive him? He was the adult. 
I was the child. He did this to me. He don't deserve But I'm so thankful that I yielded. Because 21 years later, I was able to lead him to Christ. And he sits in this church every Sunday. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me after I hung up the phone and led him to Christ. And said, if you never would have obeyed me 20 years earlier, you would have never seen this day. So I had an opportunity at that moment to yield to what the Holy Spirit through the word of God was speaking to me. And being ignorant of the knowledge of the word, being ignorant of ever being taught that by a pastor that this is something I should do. I chose to do and yield because I read it in the word. And knew on the inside that that's where my freedom would come from. That's so, good. so even though you're a child of God and the love of God shed abroad in your heart the day you call on the name of the Lord, it will not be activated until you choose to yield to what the Spirit of God speaks to you to do throughout your journey in life. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So it's very important. Because I believe that was the direction of my life right there before me. It was the very first thing because God knew what was in my heart. And I had hatred towards my father for leaving, abandoning, divorcing, rejecting. And God knew the very, very thing in my heart that I had to deal with. He went to the root from the very beginning. And if I would have overrode it or made my excuse and been a victim, because y'all heard what I said, what? <laughs> I was three years old. Telling that fool I forgive him. Uh, he was the adult. I was the child. I was abused. Not physically, I'm just saying. I was in child abuse because he left me. He abused me. Right? Mentally. Yeah, it's abuse, guys, when you feel rejection from someone who's supposed to be the lead and the covering and the protector and the guarder and the provider. Because that's what our Heavenly Father is. Amen? So, the Holy Spirit is not just there to be that seal, but the Holy Spirit is there to uh, grow us and mature us and teach us who the Father is and teach us how we are to live uh, as an individual. Now, let me read a list of things that he said about the Holy Spirit. And then I'll give you some scriptures. I got 30,000 of them. People are like, oh, she hasn't said one scripture. Here's my notes. I'll give them to you after service. Uh, the Holy Spirit 
it, the scripture says, is a treasure. He says it's a treasure. He calls the Holy Spirit a treasure. Amen. And that we should treasure the fact that we have him. The next thing he says, obviously, is that it's a promise. Why would I not want this treasure? And why would I not want the promise that he promised me? He also called the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. Uh, we know that the Holy Spirit is also called a teacher. Amen. And then we also know that scripture says, I'm going to send one just like me. So we can say the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus because that's what he said. Just like Jesus. So everybody, Jesus, Jesus, help me. You need the help of the Holy Ghost because he's just like him. Jesus can't do anything but save you. Come on. What you need is to understand who the Holy Spirit is and that he is just like Jesus him, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And so realizing that also the scripture says that the Holy Spirit can be grieved and rejected. This person of the Holy Spirit can be grieved and rejection uh, and rejected. What does that also let us know that it is a person? A person is the only thing that can be grieved or rejected right? So he's a person and he can be grieved and he is grieved every day when his children choose not to yield. Every day when his children choose not to yield to what he tells them and speaks to them on the inside. And that's how most of the time he speaks through the scripture and through yielding to what you hear on the inside. Amen. And so it's very important that we recognize that. Now, let's look at a couple of scriptures um, about uh, who Jesus said the Holy Spirit was. And I thought this was really good. How many of you were in Pastor Denise's prayer, uh, 10 o'clock prayer service, when she talked about uh, reading John chapter what? Uh, 14, 15, and 16. So I encourage you, if you want to understand who the Holy Spirit is, Jesus talks uh, all through these three chapters about the role of the Holy Spirit and the role of the Holy Spirit that should be in our life. And let me make this point. I think it's very important that we recognize that it's the very thing that Jesus spoke of before he was to die on the cross. And, you know, a, a one minister said this, don't you think, don't you think that when you're on your deathbed, if you have that opportunity to just take your last breath on your deathbed, that when you bring all your family and your close friends around you as you're getting ready to breathe your last breath, don't you think the most important thing to that individual is going to be spoken by that person? 
Do you know they say that the number one thing that a person talks about before they die and right before they draw their last breath is their regrets? That's, of course, you know, lost people. Hopefully it's not believers. Their regrets. But here, as a believer, I would think the most important thing that we could do before we were to die is to leave with our family or whoever it is that we're left with, that you speak to them the one thing that is the most important thing in your life. Wouldn't you think? I would want, before I die, that my children knew that the most important thing they could ever do is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And that God loved them. Doesn't matter that mama loves them because mama sends a lot of kids to hell. But that God loves them and that there is no other love that is the greatest miracle on the face of the planet than the love of the Father. That would be the last thing on my breath. So here's Jesus talking to his disciples before he was to die to go to the cross, and he lets them know of the Holy Spirit and how when he goes, he's going to send one just like him. Amen. So here it is in John 14. It says this and verse, um, uh, no, excuse me. Yeah. John 14, verse 16 through 17. This is Jesus. And he says, and I'm going to ask the father that he'll give you another that he may remain with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive or welcome into their hearts because it does not see him or know him and recognize him, but you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. He said, I'm gonna send you another that he would remain in you, and he called him the spirit of truth. When you look up, I'm going to give you another one. Comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby is who that is. So he's not going to leave us without help. He's sending the Holy Spirit to be our help right? To be that counselor to us, that helper to us, the intercessor to us, the advocate to us, the strengthener to us, the standby. Amen. And then we see in John 16, uh, 5 through 15, it says, but now I am going to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin 
That's the Holy Spirit's job is to bring conviction to you so that you'll be drawn to him. Amen. And then it says, and righteousness and judgment. What is righteousness? The way you are to live right before the Lord in right standing with him. He's made you righteous, but then you have to live out that righteousness before him. And so that's the Holy Spirit's job as well. Amen. To teach you how to live righteous. And then judgment. He's there now to also teach us about the judgment that is to come. And you don't want to be one that encounters his judgment. Amen. You don't want to be one that encounters his judgment. It says, and concerning sin, uh, because those, uh, they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. But when he, who's he? The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth comes. What is he going to do? guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears from the Father, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see uh, that he calls him the teacher, the comforter, the spirit of truth. This is who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, a few of the jobs of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is begin, going to begin to operate in your life as a believer. Amen? Now let's look at uh, John 14, 23 through 27. 14, 23 through 27, it says this, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he'll keep my word. A lot of people say they love him, but I see a lot of people not keeping his word. So if you love me, you'll keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. That means he'll come and live with him. And he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not of mine, but the father's who sent me. Verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, what will he do? He will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So he's there to begin to abide in you and teach you all things concerning the word. Amen. He's the spirit of truth. So he's going to teach you the truth of God's word. The truth. Not only is it that he is to teach you, I'm going to read this last scripture and uh, we'll close with this. John 17, 15 through 19 says this. This is Jesus now in all of these chapters here and I challenge you to go read them through the week until you come back next Wednesday and we'll read some more. It says this um, in John 17, 15, 19. I do not ask you to take them out of this world. But what? But keep them from the evil one. 
keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am of this world. Are you of this world? Verse 17 says what? Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes, I sanctify myself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Why am I reading this scripture? Because another assignment of the Holy Spirit that churches don't talk about today day, come on, is that the Holy Spirit's job is to teach you to be what? Sanctified or holy. Remember from the very beginning of the fall when Adam chose to rebel against God and the presence of God left because he could not dwell in the garden and come into his presence anymore Listen, God could not be around anything that was not sanctified or holy. And from that day on, he's been trying to get his spirit back in man. And one reason, not only was so that when you die, you get to be with him, but it was to sanctify you, to cause you to be holy, like Corinthians says, like he is holy. So the Holy Spirit is holy and it's his job through the word of God and teaching you the truth of God how to live a sanctified life, separated and holy unto him, set apart unto him to sanctify you. So I know when people are living recklessly as a believer and living like the world, there is no sanctification happening in their life. What is that telling me? They have not been yielding to the Holy Spirit. Actually, they are grieving him because Corinthians talks about, don't you know when you lay with a prostitute, ha <laughs> I'm there. Right? I'm there. I see it all. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to begin to speak to your heart because you are his child and say, you know this ain't right. This is not godly. You should not be living like this. You should not be partaking of these types of things. This is ungodly. This is not holy unto me. Your eyes should not be looking at that stuff on that computer. And every time you hear that, and you choose not to yield, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You grieving. You grieving. And I'm going to tell you, we don't want to get to a place that we harden our heart from hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit that's so precious and a treasure that was imparted in our lives. Amen? Amen? So, there's a lot about the Holy Spirit we need to learn about. Not just about, you know, 
Everybody thinking it's of the devil, speaking in tongues. That's most people, what they, in their mind about the Holy Spirit. Yet we read the Bible talks a lot more about what the Holy Spirit's role is, isn't it? And the devil's duped. Duped. Many believers from tapping into the greatest power and the greatest person on the face of the planet, which is the Holy Spirit that wants to dwell and make his abode in you and live with you and teach you of who God is and how God responds and how he loves and how he is long-suffering and how he is patient and how, come on, you can have self-control and not have fits of anger and and have self-control and not have to yield to the power of the enemy anymore and the demonic uh, depression and oppression and all these things that the enemy tries to put on people. Because we've not learned how to yield to the power that's right there. The greater one, the Holy Spirit, that's who he calls the Holy Spirit, the greater one, living on the inside of you. The greater one, say the greater one, lives on the inside of me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. And I'm going to yield. Oh, I'm going to yield to him. I'm going to yield to him. I will not grieve the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, as I shared about having to yield to the Holy Spirit when I was 18 or 19 years old and not really knowing what I was doing. And then hearing the voice of the Lord speak to me years later as I was living my life and finally was able to lead my dad to Christ. And the realization that I heard when I hung up the phone that if you would not have obeyed me, then I would have never saw that day. That's a powerful thing, guys. I could have missed the opportunity of releasing someone to the Lord so that he could begin to deal with their heart and draw them into the Holy into the kingdom. If I wouldn't have forgiven, if I wouldn't let go, if I wouldn't have done and yielded, I can't say that he would be born again today because I would have held him captive to that unforgiveness. I would have held him captive. So our our decisions that we're making every day have eternal effects and consequences for people's lives, And I think about, if any of you were here, about, you know, uh, Pastor Denise sharing that she's ever only shared one other time of when her grandfather passed. And four times that day before he was to go on to be with the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to her. Four times to go and see your papa 
go see your papa. But she was too busy thinking about all the things, the responsibilities, and all the things she had to do that day. And she missed the opportunity of the Holy Spirit who he says that he'll reveal things to come. He'll disclose things to come. He was disclosing something to her. You need to go see your papa because he's about to go on to be with the Lord. And she not only grieved the Holy Spirit, but she was grieved. She felt the grief and the regret of not yielding and obeying because her life was too busy and everything else was too important. So I want us to think about that. How many times are we going about our day as a believer, spirit-filled, and the Holy Spirit, something on the inside begins to speak to us. You know, I've said this many times. Well, I wonder how the so-and-so is doing. I don't ever take that as a me. I wonder. The minute I hear that, I think to myself, I need to, Lord, do I need to pray for that person? Do I need to call that person? Do I need to check on that person? Why? Because I don't want to miss an opportunity to yield to something he may be wanting me to do. And that's just one example. But how about when you're driving down the road and he says, you need to pull off the side of the road immediately. You're gonna, you're gonna um, argue with him? You're gonna argue with him? And say, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm late for work. I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna lose my job. Yet you don't pull over and a car pulls out in front of you and you get. See, this is how the Holy, because he knew what was to come. He knows what's going on. He's the one in the earth today helping navigate his children. And we'll talk about Romans 8, right? Those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And this is what we're talking about. Being led and yielded to the Holy Spirit every day sensitive to what the Spirit of God is saying because it's not just about power. It's not just about, you know, being in a service and feeling goosebumps. No, it's about yielding and learning to listen every day and being sensitive. What are you saying? Because he'll tell you, And he's told me many a times. He'd teach me how to be a respectful wife. He taught me how to honor my husband. He taught me how to train up my children. Right? He teaches me every day how to be who I am. Go ask them to forgive you. You shouldn't have said that that way. Okay, yes, sir, I'm going to go yield to that. Right? That's what this is about. Hallelujah. So think about it. 
think about the Holy Spirit in that light and not just in, oh, he's there to have power, miracles, get excited in the church, you know, all these things. No, he's there every day to teach us who he is so that we can yield. Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. Thank you.